Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Man, what are we aiming for? I, I read a quote from Oprah Winfrey uh, earlier today. This is how we're. This is it. This is how we're starting our podcast. I have quotes from Oprah Winfrey. The whole po- the whole point of being alive is to evolve into the complete person you are intended to be. What a load of nonsense. What are we talking about here? You know, one of the most important things that we can do as people is come to an understanding of why we're alive on this earth. There's a whole, as Christians, there's a whole group of people who they may not voice it, but they are living, basically waiting for heaven. There is a part of our salvation that is waiting. We're waiting for the return of Christ. We're waiting for, we are waiting for our eternity in heaven, but there's a point to us being here on this earth. And when we, as humans, as Christians, we have to begin to define what success is for ourselves on our life on this earth. What is success? I looked up the definition of success here. Um, This is, uh, I don't know if this is what, maybe Webster's, but it says a degree or measure of succeeding, which makes sense. But it says a favorable or desired outcome. It says the attainment of wealth, favor, or eminence. And so you have a lot of people who define success differently. I started, I pulled up for this podcast, I pulled up um, what, what successful people, quote unquote, successful people say success is. So I'm going to read you some of these. Richard Branson, he founded like uh, the Virgin Group. It says, too many people measure how successful they are by how much money they make or the people that they associate with. In my opinion, true success should be measured by how happy you are. So I want to talk to you about what is the biblical definition of success. As Christians, what is success? When we're done, what is success? There's a, there's a parable that Jesus tells, and it talks about the, the faithful steward, and he stands before, um, uh, he, he stands before the, 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 the king or whatever, and the, and the king says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. And we get this picture of what life is. At the end of our lives, when we stand before God and God's going to give us a verdict and it's either going to be well done, good and faithful servant, or it's going to be depart from me. I never knew you. And I believe that true success begins from a place of starting from from that position and then working our life backwards, living our life backwards from that from that place. But so many people don't have a definition for success. So they go through life. Maybe they love God and, and, and ultimately they, you know, but they don't get anything done while they're on this earth because they've never really decided what they're aiming for in this life. Let me keep going here. Um, Mark Cuban says, to me, the definition of success is waking up in the morning with a smile on your face, knowing it's going to be a great day. I was happy and felt like I was successful when I was poor, living six guys in a three-bedroom apartment, sleeping on the floor. Here we have two votes that happiness is success. Um, who's this? This is, uh, uh, John Wooden winning his basketball coach in college history. I actually like his definition from a work standpoint. It says peace of mind attained only through the self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. Um, I think in, if you're playing basketball, that's a, Hey, do your best success. Isn't winning success is giving a hundred percent. John Wooden actually often said, he said, I would rather have a team that gives a hundred percent and loses than a team that gives 90% and wins because I want to create 100% effort people. So for him, success was full effort. And I believe that in, in the, uh, zoomed in focus of our jobs, our careers, whatever we're doing, but we're talking today about success in life. So this is uh, Warren Buffett. He says, 
I measure success by how many people love me. That's, that's cute. I think you could make a song out of that. Um, success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. Uh, that's a, um, that was Maya Angelou. I pronounced that right. That's her definition of success, liking what you do. So we have so many people with so many different voices voicing what success truly is. You know, at the base of it, it just means an accomplishment of a goal. But we have to stop and ask ourselves from a Bible perspective, what does God say success is? So if you have a Bible or if you're on your phone, I think there's a couple things that we can look at. The first one I want you to see is from the book of Ecclesiastes and it's right at the end. And I think Ecclesiastes is a very interesting book. You can't take every verse in there as like, because there's a scripture that says, there's nothing under the sun better than working a long, hard day and enjoying your work, right? So similar to the success quotes, but that's under the sun. That's outside of the vision of eternity, right? But at the end of everything, the writer here of Ecclesiastes says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So here he says, I've looked at every part of life. Man, I've been rich. I've had, he had a bunch of wives. He had concubines. He goes through in the book of Ecclesiastes, his like, the story of his life, the things that he tried to do. And he says, here's the conclusion. Fear God and keep the commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with where with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Man, Solomon, King Solomon is saying, this is life. This is the whole conclusion of life. Fear God, because this is the duty. He's saying that the success of man is actually our responsibility to God. Success as being alive on this earth is our responsibility to God. What is success? I believe success as a Christian, number one, success is making it to heaven. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his own soul? I think of people like uh, Steve Jobs, 52 years old, creates an empire down at Apple, and he dies. And where does his money go? It doesn't go with him. It goes on to the next generation. Sure, there's people who will remember his name, you know, famous inventor, but it's a name that carries on. But ultimately, he died as a 52-year-old, short life, as a Buddhist. And if he didn't ask Jesus into his heart, he didn't make it to heaven. I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Success is our duty to God. I, I remember hearing a story about Bishop Oyedepo, and he said he was, with, he was at a, uh, a pastor's meeting, and he was hosting these pastors, and he said, what is our number one aim in life? And people were answering, and they were saying, you know, our aim is to win souls, our aim is to do this, our aim is to do that, and they were going through their answers. And he said, our number one aim as pastors is to make it to heaven. Paul said, I could preach, but then afterwards, he said, I I buffet my body daily, lest I, after I've preached, fall away. And so the number one goal as a Christian, uh, as a child of God, as a minister in life, is to make it to heaven, to keep yourself in a place where you have a humble heart before God, where you're not puffed up in pride. The number one goal in life is our duty to man, is our duty to God, rather, not our duty to man, is our duty to God. Why? Because first of all, he created us. We're not here without him. He spoke. He's the one who formed this world. We have no earth to stand on without him. We have no air to breathe without him. By virtue of creation, we belong to God. Number two, he's the only one who redeemed us. He's the only one who could give us eternal life. We only respond to him. He's the only moral judge. No one else judges our actions but God. He's the one who set these things in motion. Our duty to God is our number one duty on this earth. 
This is the whole of man. Fear God and obey his commandments. Obedience is success. Say that with me. Obedience to God is success on earth. Man, people have these ideas. I just want to be my own. I wrote down some more Oprah Winfrey um, quotes for your listening pleasure. You can't make this stuff up. The biggest adventure you can ever take is to live the life of your dreams. That sounds awesome if you want to go to hell, live the life of... Not to say God doesn't want you to be happy, right? But being happy shouldn't be a standalone doctrine. God wants you to enjoy life once you're completely obedient to Him. If God had to choose between you being happy or, and going to hell or being miserable and going to heaven, he would choose you being miserable and going to heaven. Why? Because heaven lasts longer than earth does and you'll be happier. Ten seconds in heaven is, is happier than the happiest life, is more joyful than the happiest life lived on this earth. The reward we're living for is not here on this earth. We're passing through. This is temporary. This is like the warm-up. This is the, the three-day... Uh, NFL draft combine. We're not even actually really playing the game. Eternity is what we're living for. We're sojourners in the land. So God would rather you be miserable, sick. I'm not saying you have to choose this. I'm not saying as a Christian, we know that's not the truth. God actually wants you joyful. You can be joyful. The Bible says of Jesus that he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God anointed anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows. I believe people who truly love God, who hate sin, who run after God with their whole heart are the most joyful, happy people on planet earth. Because they're actually, the Bible says that Jesus Christ made peace. So if you don't know Jesus, you actually don't know what peace is. You haven't experienced real heart peace. You could have everything going on and you could have complete stillness on the outside, the perfect cabin in the woods. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart, people get around Christmas time and there's like this hunt for nostalgia. There's this book called Surprised by Joy by C.S. Lewis. And he talks about how he, he came to, to know Jesus, but he talked about being plagued for, by his childhood of this feeling of nostalgia. The only way you could describe it was nostalgia, this thing that he would try to recreate and he would set up, you man, I just, when I was a kid, I just loved, there were things I just loved and I don't get the full enjoyment. People like get around Christmas time and, and I've, I've done the same thing where you get around Christmas time and you're like, I just want this Christmas to be so special. So you try to set up everything perfect. We're going to have this food. We're going to play this music. Man, if you're not just on fire for Jesus, it's not going to have, it's a, it's not going to be what it should be because life without a pursuit with the heart that's on fire for God, free from sin, running after the things of God is the most joyful life you can live. Not, oh, live the life of your dreams. Man, people have all sorts. You have, you take the last 10 dreams that you have and try to live the life of those dreams. You're going to end up messed up here. How about this one? Whatever this one, man, these things get me upset. Whatever your secret, this is Oprah Winfrey, whatever your secret, live your own truth. Life is too short. Newsflash, Oprah, truth is not subjective. Truth is truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth is truth, is truth whether you believe it or not. Facts can change. Truth doesn't change. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth are the guiding principles that God has put in place. Facts are that I'm 32 years old. Truth is that Jesus that God loves us. That's a truth. You don't have your own truth. What's, it can't be truth for one man and untruth for somebody else. You don't get to choose your truth. Truth is truth whether or not you exist. You can live your own lie if you want to. You can't live your own truth. You either live by the truth, Jesus Christ, or you're living in a lie. 
I, how about this one? I trust that everything happens for a reason, even when we're not wise enough to see it. Man, that's one thing that Christians fall prey to as well. I should call this podcast Oprah Winfrey and how to, and, and how to miss it in life, how to lose miserably with Oprah Winfrey. Everybody loses. You get a loss. You get a loss. You get a loss. Look under your chair. There's a loss for all of you. Anyway, sorry, I get fired up about this. The whole part of being alive is to evolve into the complete person you were intended to be. That's amazing. We're going to throw the word evolve in there as well. Guys, we have to come to a place where we understand what we're aiming for. God doesn't want us. Paul said, I'm not like a, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not standing there swinging at the air. I know what I'm aiming for. The number one success in life is making it to heaven. It's not making it by the skin on our teeth. It's making it full heartedly. The number two success in life is we have to ask in heaven, what's going to matter? What can we bring with us? There's a scripture where God calls. It's important to know how God defines things. God defines people as the precious fruit of the earth. He calls people the precious fruit of the earth. So when we look forward to heaven, what's going to matter? Is it going to matter how much money you made on the earth? If you used it for souls, then yes, the money will actually matter. The only value money has is in the light of eternity. Is Because it, it's not going to make your money that goes with, you can't bring it with you, but it would be valueless anyway. The streets are gold, right? But the money that you made that you then gave to forwarding the gospel of Jesus Christ, not forwarding SBCA, not giving to the Red Cross Blue Shield, but forwarded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, um, the money that you can put into the gospel, the effort, the, lo- the work, the preaching, even as a person who's not called to the ministry, the, the preaching, the getting good at one-on-one evangelism, man, you know that if you talk to one person a day for the rest of your life, you'll win tens of thousands of people to the Lord. If the Lord doesn't come back in the next like 10 years, right? You'll win tens of thousands, one person a day that you go up and just, you get good at saying, hey, I want to tell you that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. Let me ask you a question. If today was the last day that we had on this earth, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? That's where we need to begin to to stop and ask ourselves, are we aiming for heaven's treasure? What does God call precious? God calls precious humans. God is giving more time so more people can be saved. If you really want to say, I love God, make sure your heart is clean, your hands are pure, and and you're working for the kingdom of God, specifically in the winning of souls. I say this, and I've I've said this once, and I'll say it many times, that you will never lack for anything if you make souls your number one focus. So what are we aiming for? What is success? I believe success is eternal life. I believe success is bringing eternal life to other people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Success is Stephen getting stoned for preaching the gospel and saying, Lord, don't charge their sins to them. That's success. Dying as a martyr, that's success. Why? Because eternity is going to tell. And eternity is a lot longer. People make up all sorts of things. Oh, success. I just want to enjoy my life. I just want to, you know, have experiences. I want to go backpacking. I want to meet new people. Warren Buffett. I judge success by how many people love me. That's nice. But ultimately, if you don't love God, it doesn't matter. I would, I I like what King David said. He said, man may curse me, but God will bless me and I'll go on rejoicing. I'd rather love God and him love me than the whole world love me and not have a relationship with Jesus. It's time to define for ourselves what is success. I encourage you to do this. Sit down, get a pen and paper and write out what, or your phone, but I would do it with, your, with a pen and paper. When I meet Jesus on that day, when I meet God and I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, what am I aiming for before then? What am I, what is my, what am I aiming for? Work backwards. 
What does that mean for me? What is success? What has God called me to do? For many people, he's called you to be in business. Be 100% in business. You're working for God. For many, he's called you to be in the ministry. Be 100% for serving God with your life. Success, this is it from Ecclesiastes. It's the whole duty of man. It's our duty to God to obey his commandments. What has he commanded you? Obviously, it's love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, but there's specific things. I'm going to answer to God one day for one thing, and that's preaching the gospel. He's called me to take a flame to the nations. Anything else is a distraction. So if you came and said, Ryan, here, come work this business for me for the next five years, and we can make this much money, I would say, listen, God's called me to preach. He's going to take care of me. There's someone else who will work with you on that. I'm called to preach the gospel. That's what I was, that was my prophecy, right? Go to the nations of the world and preach the gospel. And so I plan on being a success and answering to God and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Share this on your Instagram. We love you. God's building you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for aligning people with your purpose, with heaven's purpose, to be wholehearted people, even now that you would begin to show them the steps they can take in in moving forward in what you've called them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless your people today. Amen. Love you.